DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I am delighted to be joined by Father Quan Tran, who is a priest in the Diocese of Orange in California. Prior to entering the seminary, he worked as a deputy district attorney for Orange County for 10 years and a deputy public defender for Kern County for two years. In 2017, Father started his Fullness of Grace ministry to help Christians grow in their faith by forming a deep spiritual life in which they live out their vocations to holiness, intimacy with God, and bearing witness to Christ. With Father Quantran, we go inside the pages of The Imitation of Mary, Keys to Growth in Virtue and Grace, published by Sophia Institute Press. Father Tran, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Chris, for having me. I love this book. It's just so marvelous. Thank you so much for working so hard on this incredible book. Thank you. You know, I was very, very inspired by Mary, and um, I felt, you know, I mean, I I know that she is the most perfect of all disciples, and I'm kind of surprised that uh, there hasn't been that many more books written about her, you know, her virtues and her qualities and how we should imitate her. So I think this uh, this this was easy. I mean, it was it was easy because the, all the information is is there. Uh, but you know, but writing a book takes work. But uh, the Holy Spirit and our, and our mother were with me. So what I love so much about your book and why I would hope people would pick it up and make it a part of not only their spiritual lives but also that of their families and of and apostolates really too. Because there are many books out there that will give you an idea, a glimpse of who Mary was and and tell stories of her. And there are even some, you know, that will give anthropological evidence and everything like that. But what your book does, it's as though we're actually learning from her. It's almost as that you're in the home in Ephesus, <laughs> as it were. And we're actually learning from the mother how to model ourselves to be those uh, disciples, apostles, who can go out in the world and really make a big difference. Right, right. So, you know, as you know, Mary, there's not a lot uh, that is said about Mary in Scripture. Um, and so, but I, I, I think we can glean a lot from her just, just based on the little information that we do have about her on, um, in Scripture. You know, the words that come from her mouth really reveals a lot about her. And so I, I, I think I just try to, to mine those, um, those, those gems that are, the hidden gems that are already there. And, um, you know, th- thank you for that comment. I think, I think um, you know, uh, Jesus gave us uh, Mary to be our mother and our model. And I think we've, we've kind of um, maybe have taken that for granted and have not, not really um, come to Mary and really examine her and really learn from her who she is, what she's about, you know, what makes her full of grace, what makes her the mother of God, what makes her, you know, uh, the queen of heaven and earth. And, and so, yes, so that's, that's what I try to do is really look at Mary and really try to take, take after her, you know, as, as her sons and daughters, we're supposed to take after our, our, our parents and who, who better to take after um, um, than, than Mary. Well, we're going to get into a little deeper dive into the different elements of the book. But before we do that, I love the fact that you have an apostolate 
that essentially it's taken her name from the Greek, the fullness of grace, grace-filled, here you are. We may not realize that that's actually what the angel called her, grace-filled. And you have an apostolate called fullness of grace. And tell us about the origins of that. Right. So um, it started about three and a half years ago or so. Um, It was actually the same time I developed this idea for this book. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of... Um, uh, kind of narrowed it down to 12 qualities of Mary that we're called to imitate. And, and I talked, I wanted to communicate to people about grace, how it requires a response in order to really bear fruit. And so, um, and Mary is the perfect example of somebody who really responded fully and perfectly um, because of her, her free will. And, 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 um, and so, um, and so that was the idea for, for, for this ministry, uh, this apostolate, really is to, to you know, I think we, to, to help people to grow in holiness. You know, we, we, need, we need more holiness, we need more grace in the church and in our, in our lives, in our parishes and in the world. And, um, and, and a lot of people don't know how to respond to grace, that they don't know, they don't know that they even have to respond to grace. Some people think they just sit back and just let grace happen. But um, but um, so that so that was the whole point was to help everybody um, to fulfill their vocation to to holiness and to to intimacy with God and and to to bear witness to Christ. Yeah, you remind me of a, a saying, and of course I'm paraphrasing it. And forgive me, I hope I I do it justice. But essentially, Saint Augustine had warned us: don't let grace pass by your door. Mm-hmm. And that's something that it, God wants to have us receive that fullness. He wants to be fully present in us, but we can block that, can't we? Absolutely. I think um, I used a quote from St. Faustina in in the very beginning of the book, saying that so many people miss out on the graces um, that God wants to lavish us with, and because they don't know how to respond, they don't have the proper disposition, and we do. We we do um, uh, waste a lot of of grace. You know, we do let a lot of grace go by, and so hopefully this book will help people take advantage of opportunity uh, of, of grace and um, and to respond and, and to be filled with grace because God does have a plan for each of us um, to 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 be holy to a certain level to be filled with certain charisms and gifts and to be uh, a certain type of um, his instrument in the world but most unfortunately most people don't live out that vocation to this fullness of grace that he has. Um, intended for each of us uh, in, in, in an individual way, in a, in a different way. Um, so I think, um, right, so I think imitating Mary, we can, we can more fully uh, fulfill that role. What's marvelous about the book is that it's so practical. So you, not only do you fill us with the wisdom of the saints and, and from the, of course, the, the sacred scriptures, I mean, that just continue to speak to us and jump off the pages. But you, as a good pastor, how can I attain humility? How can I be open to receiving humility? And there are short practical suggestions at the end of every single one of the chapters, but they're powerhouses. I mean, they really are effective ways for us to relate, isn't it? Right. That's, that, that was, um, that's a huge uh, point that I wanted to make. You know, I, I didn't want uh, uh, just to write a book that's just a, an intellectual exercise. Um, mm-hmm. um, I mean, uh, you know, part of that is important for people to know, but uh, another part is the how they can apply this 
in their own lives. Like, how, how is this book going to make a difference in their lives? Um, you know, how is this, this information about Grace and Mary uh, going to even matter? Um, and so um, that was my whole point, was to make it practical um, to, to, so that we can really use it, uh, practice it, and, 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 and then uh, cultivate these qualities. The qualities that you talk of, if you're going to grow in holiness, and that's our universal call, is to holiness, to sanctity, you have to understand what you're being open to obtain. And the very first, I mean, of course, is humility. The saints tell us, the mystics tell us, humi- Teresa of Avila, I love her, it's just humility, humility, humility. It's like she's once pounded into our heads. Right. But do we understand what that is, Father? No, I think that's the thing. Most people don't even understand what humility is. Um, there's this negative um, idea of humility, um, something that's weak and, uh, and um, not really desirable. So many people mm-hmm. uh, don't even think of humility as a virtue. Um, it's, and so I, you know, I, I dive into the definition of humility, what the saints say about humility, what, what Jesus uh, say about um, imitating him, you know, take after me for I'm meek and humble of heart and how Mary is, uh, you know, um, very humble by, by, you know, referring herself as the, the lowly handmaid of the Lord um, and, and so on. Um, so, yeah, so I think hopefully this chapter on humility will help clarify it for a lot of people and that they'll have a different understanding and appreciation of humility, um, and then, you know, to, to cultivate this essential quality. I loved what you did in Chapter 2, where it's entitled Confidence in God. Now, oftentimes we hear, you know, trust God. I have to wonder, especially during our days, and I think every generation has had challenges, I mean, extraordinary challenges in their culture, in their world, even in their homes. but to have confidence. I'm so glad you brought that forward. Right. And, and that's what the saints have. And that's what uh, Mary has, is that, that complete confidence in God. And that's what God wants. Um, you know, there's, the, there's, so, there's a lack of faith, a, less, a lack of trust, and a lack of confidence in Him. And, um, and in a way, it kind of prevents Him from acting in our lives because of this, you know, lack of confidence. And the, and the more confident we are in God, um, the more he, he will manifest his, his wisdom and his power. Um, but, you know, but a lot of times we're tested, um, you know, with difficulties and challenges, and especially right now. But this is an opportunity for even more graces, an opportunity to really to, uh, to, to, to strengthen our faith and, and our confidence in, in God. It's important, like you said, when we look at the Blessed Virgin Mary and the things that she does say in the scriptures, the fact that she's saying, we need to listen, don't we? And to do whatever he tells you, that's really key, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, those are her last words in scriptures is, you know, do whatever he tells you. And, that, and that's what he's telling us. Um, that's what she is telling us individually. You know, she's saying, Chris, do whatever he tells you. Uh, Father Tran, do whatever he tells you. And, and so that's like the secret of sanctity. So many of the saints speak about conforming our will to God's will. Mary did that perfectly. Jesus did that perfectly. Many of the saints did that perfectly. And yet it's so difficult for us to, to do that. Um, but that, that, is, that is one of the, you know, one of the qualities is that conforming our will to God's will. 
been on occasion where be with a, a group of Christians, group of Catholics, and they're very concerned about the world today, and they're they're very anxious. There's a lot of fear that's out there, and they'll ask, well, what can we do? And of course, the top is you have to pray, you have to listen, but you also have to love. And when you say the word love to folks sometimes, and I don't know if it's because they're just so tired and they are so fearful, they almost roll their eyes. (laughs) And and yet that's the greatest commandment. (laughs) You have to love, isn't it, Father? Right. I think, and even our culture, you know, uh, doesn't really know what love means, you know, because we you know, we we hear that word just thrown around and misused and, and, and so on. And so, yeah, so it's sort of understandable why people roll their eyes. Uh, um, but, but if you really understand the definition of love, then you, then you'll have a more, uh, a better appreciation for it. And, and Thomas Aquinas tells us, you know, to love is to will the good of the other, right? To, to will the good of the other. And then, I, and I, I break it down even more, you know, using Father Spitzer's examples of the different, the four levels of love, and that we're called to this supernatural, this level four, um, this transcendent level where uh, it's, a, it's agape love, and it's, it's the same love that Jesus uh, loves us. And, and I, I, I break it down into three qualities. I, I say, first is sacrifice, you know, because it's easy to say, I love you, but, but we really have to show it, demonstrate it by, by sacrifice, by giving something up that's valuable to us for the good of the other, right? Just like Jesus sacrificed himself for our salvation. So if we are to love God and to love others, we need to sacrifice something valuable, our time, our energy, our, our, uh, um, whatever, to, 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 for the good of the other. And then the second part is self-forgetfulness, which is close to sacrifice, you know, because we're, we're so self-absorbed, aren't we? As, as a culture, as a world, we're so self-centered. And, it's, and, 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 and Jesus, Mary, and the saints, they, they forget themselves and thinking of the good of the other. And so that's really, um, this is a high level of love. This is what love means, to forget yourself, to think of the good of the other. And, um, and um, then the, the last part is acceptance. And we have to accept that, they, that people may not appreciate what we do for them, or the sacrifice we make for them. They may, may even hate us and, and so on. Uh, but, but I go back to, to what good really means. You know, there are different levels of good, but the greatest good is their sanctity, their holiness, their eternal life. You know, sometimes we, we think, you know, if you love somebody, then you just go along with what they want and just support them no matter what. Well, no, that's not true love. True love is to desire to will the greatest good of the other, which is their, their eternal salvation. Um, so sometimes you have to say no. Sometimes you have to go against them if what they're doing or what they want to do is, is not conducive to their greatest good, which is heaven. We'll return to Inside the Pages in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? 
Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. The Magnificat My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Inside the Pages. We're talking with Father Quan Tran about his book, The Imitation of Mary, Keys to Growth in Virtue and Grace. And that's the key, is learning how to model not only our behavior, so it's not, yes, it's an imitation of Mary because you, she's the apostle, I mean, she's the par excellence of the apostles. <laughs> she's the queen of the saints. She's, we have so many different titles for her, but it's because she was able to do what for many of us could be almost impossible. I mean, she's the one who was raised with perfect love right before her, Jesus. And as he grew and he began to surround himself, I mean, she had to live in a world that wasn't always perfect, and yet she was able to live out that love and to be able to to be that holy one. And even in the midst of the imperfection that would surround her, and ultimately become the church. Right. She lived in our world. She was a, a 
a complete human being just like us. She had to deal with she had to deal with annoyances, irritations, sin, and and uh, disappointments, um, and challenges, and suffering, and um, and so she wasn't immune from any of that. In fact, she suffered probably more than all of us will ever suffer. Um, and you know, also because of her purity, her sensitivity, her goodness, and being in a world filled with sin and evil. Um, it, it was very, you can imagine, it was very difficult for her. And, um, and she had free will, you know, she had free will, complete free will. Um, but she, you know, she chose to respond perfectly, to respond in love, to respond in sacrifice, to respond in uh, surrender, uh, to trust, and, 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 and so on. Um, so, yes, um, so she, she, that's why I think in a way she, she is our, our perfect model. Um, you know, Jesus is, is God and man, and, and of course, she, you know, Jesus is the most perfect of, of, of everybody, uh, but Mary is the closest to him. And maybe sometimes we can relate, in a way, we can, you know, some of us may be able to re- relate more to Mary. I know I did when I was going through my conversion. I just felt her, her, her motherly care and her, her closeness and so on. Um, so, you know, sometimes Jesus can be a little intimidating uh, because he is God and, and man, but, but Mary is, 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 is not divine. Uh, she's just human, um, but she's a blessed human being, but, but uh, human nonetheless. And so in, in a way, I think that'll help maybe some of us to, to, to maybe to, to uh, be less intimidated um, in, in trying to imitate Mary. What's so wonderful about the book that you've put together, The Imitation of Mary, because in Growing in Holiness, we've been given over the centuries such wonderful spiritual counsel from so many of our great saints. And so what you've done is you've incorporated those things that we've become familiar to see, such as the writings of St. Faustina, but also the writings that have broken open the abandonment to divine providence or docility to God's will. Now, we've heard about that, and we've had saints talk about that, but you've somehow been able to show us in Mary guiding us through that and those saints, we can begin to live it ourselves. You know, I do a lot of spiritual reading, probably, you know, uh, I'm sure you do as well. And after a while, you, we see a pattern, right? These same themes keep coming up different saints, and they show different aspects of it, but these same themes. So, the, so these 12 qualities that I have in my book, they're nothing new. They're not, I didn't invent them. I just basically um, um, uh, uh, synthesized them from, from, from the writings of the saints, from the, the life of Mary and, and Jesus. And uh, so these are just repeated themes um, in, in the tradition of the Church uh, that, that shows um, what sanctity looks like. And and there and there are different aspects of of each theme, you know. I, that's why I go into depth in you know in in each category, just like humility. You know, I I, I really break it down and use different examples and different quotes from saints, and then and, and so on. And abandonment to divine providence, surrender, and um, yeah, and, and it's just it's, it's just out there. You know, all these quotes and all these gems and examples are are already out there. 
um, uh, and you know, I, I, I had to stop. I just couldn't go on and on, but and this, this book is over 300 pages, but it, it could have been 500 pages, but, but I think I, I just wanted to make enough point to say, okay, look at this, you know, all the saints, Mary and Jesus and scripture and tradition, they're all saying this is a quality to cultivate, or these are the qualities to cultivate. And, uh, so we have such a rich tradition and I, I just like seeing patterns, you know, seeing patterns and, and, uh, and just kind of bringing them together in, in a way that to help all of us um, to understand and, and practice it. So, I, so hopefully, I you know I, I did all the research and prayer and, and reading, and and hopefully this book is sort of a synthesis of uh, sort of like the, the tradition of, of of the church and and how to grow in the spiritual life. Yeah, this is something that would be wonderful, as I said earlier, it, not only for individual study, but for married couples to, to kind of take sections out of each of the chapters each night, read them, and then just look at those practical suggestions. One of the chapters in the book is Desire and Efforts in Holiness. You talk about our phones and how our phones are a source of many temptations. You're essentially saying, look at that. Really look at that and see if that's something that is a trigger for you and how can you recognize it and maybe control it better. But then there's also having proper boundaries with people, basic things that are so important. Also, surround yourself with holy and beautiful images for inspiration. How can you enhance your life in important, positive way? Right, right. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, they, I, I see so many people striving for holiness, but they but they miss a lot of things, right? They, and they, they they have these um, um, obstacles that they don't realize. You know, I, I mean, I notice I, I know some people who who are constantly checking their phones. It's just become a habit, and you know, browsing the internet and getting on Facebook and social media, and all that that constant distraction is is preventing them from from growing in holiness, from re- achieving this fullness of grace and to, 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 to entering into a deeper relationship with Jesus and, 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 and flourishing spiritually. And, and right. And, and so many people struggle with lust. And as you know, as you may know in our society now, you know, there's so many images everywhere you know, little children are exposed to impure images. And, and so we have to uh, uh, guard our eyes, take custody of our eyes and our, our ears and you know and, you know we, we're so careful about as many of us are so careful about, about what we eat you know we try to eat healthy we try to exercise but we we, we just expose ourselves to, to just these um, uh, horrific or very uh, da- damaging images and videos which we which we watch and we don't really think uh, much about it so I, I go into everything um, yeah um, and how you know just to, to eliminate all these obstacles, these harms, these uh, close the doors to all the evil and the sin that can that can uh, seep into our lives and prevent us from from growing in perfection. You know, I probably am remiss in not mentioning this sooner and emphasizing it more, but in every chapter, in every aspect, you really highlight the importance of prayer that you need to enter into that communion with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, with the Son, <laughs> with Mary, the communion of saints. You're so, st- I wish I would have mentioned it sooner because it really is probably the most important thing, isn't it? Yes. I mean, our, yeah, our union with, with God, that, that is everything. You know, 
God the Father said to Catherine of Siena, who, who asked him, you know, how she can grow in purity and perfection. And the first thing he said to her was, unite yourself to me with loving affection. Unite yourself to me with loving affection. And he goes on to explain, because that I am holy, I am pure. And when you unite yourself to me, um, that my purity will rub, rub off on you. And so, yeah, and Jesus also said, right, uh, you are the vine, I am um, the vine, you are the branches, remain in me and you will bear much fruit, because without me you can do nothing. And so Mary and the saints know this uh, essential quality of union with God. You know, we have to be one with him in, in, in prayer, in mind, heart, and soul. And the more we are united to the Lord, the more we will, will grow in holiness and grow in grace. You know, certainly, last but not least, is just the, the whole gift, the blessed gift that we have in the sacraments. That is so huge. And again, Father, at this particular time in which we're having our conversation is a time when so many people are finding that they cannot receive the sacraments as they were able to before or maybe didn't even appreciate how often they could. Right. I think maybe that's one of the positive things that um, has come out of this um, pandemic is that hopefully people have grown in appreciation for the Eucharist. You know, sometimes we take it for granted because it's so readily available. And now that it's taken away from us or, or, made, or have made more difficult to obtain, um, I think a lot of people are, are, are more appreciative. Um, so we should never take this uh, for granted. This is the greatest gift, you know, all the sacraments, especially the Eucharist and also confession, of course. I mean, these are channels of grace that Jesus instituted for us. Uh, to give us the gift, to give us the strength, to, to, to make us holy, to make us more like Him. And, um, and so I, I always tell people and I, 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 to, to, try to try to go to uh, Mass daily. Right? Try to go to Mass daily. It's only half an hour, and this will be the greatest way for you to spend half an hour of, of, of the day. Um, you know, this morning I celebrated Mass here at my parish at 6.30 in the morning. We're, we're, we're outside. We're, we can't be inside. And it's cold. Even in, or even in Southern California, it does get cold, but probably nothing like where you are. But, uh, but yeah, but, but we had like uh, about 60 people sitting in the cold, sitting outside um, at 6.30 in the morning when it was still kind of dark. Um, that, that goes to show that, yeah, there are faithful Catholics who, who, who know the power and the gift of the Eucharist. And, and they hunger for it. Um, so, yes, so this is such a gift, and I'm, I'm just um, disappointed in seeing so many Catholics just take it for granted and, you know, watching live stream instead, of, you know, instead of going to Mass because it's comfortable. Um, but, you know, we, we know that that's not the same. You need, you need to be there, if, if possible, um, to receive the, uh, the body and blood of Jesus that communication of grace. And in this case, when we talk about the sacraments, of course, it's the sacramental grace. And there, as we've come to know, there are different types of grace, aren't there? Right. So each sacrament, in a way, is, um, has different types of, types of graces um, for, 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 each, for each, sacra uh, each sacrament. Um, you know, like, like confession would be more, more like cleansing and healing. Um, and, and, and purifying. And, and the sacrament of the Eucharist, is, is, it's love. It, it, it also purifies, but it, it's the sacrament of, of charity, the sacrament of love, of union, 
um, and, and so on. And, and I, I wanted to mention as well, you know, I mentioned when I, in, in my chapter on the sacraments, is, is that, you know, the catechism tells us that the fruits of the sacrament depend in part on the disposition of the receiver. And so not only should we receive the sacraments frequently, but with the proper disposition. And then I go into um, talking about Mary, how, how she would have received the sacrament of the Eucharist, and that she would be attentive, um, filled with faith, filled with gratitude, filled with love uh, when she listened to the Word of God and when, when, you, when she received her son in the Eucharist. We, we can see her, her, her contemplation, her, her, uh, her oneness with God. Um, you know, and so that's another thing that we can cultivate, because I see so many Catholics maybe, you know, when they come to Mass, it, they don't take it seriously. They're joking or laughing and talking and being inattentive, and, and they come up and receive uh, communion uh, somewhat um, irreverently and uh, with uh, being distracted and so on. And that's just, you're just wasting valuable grace, right? Because your disposition, in part, can increase or decrease uh, the, the sacrament that you receive from, under the grace that you receive from the sacrament. So um, hopefully we can imitate Mary and, and the saints more and, and really appreciate and, and love and really enter fully into the sacraments uh, in order to um, uh, uh, profit most from them. Well, there's a moment in all of salvation history which, which changed the course of everything for us, and it's that moment when an angel asks a young girl, and she says yes. It's in Mary's yes, isn't it, that we're actually really called to model every day. Do whatever he tells you, yes. And that's what we have to learn, isn't it? That's how we become imitators of Mary. Right. And it, it goes back to free will. You know, God gave us free will. And so it's how we use our free will that's going to direct our, our life, our, our, our spiritual life, our, our eternal life. And Mary used her free will perfectly. She could always say no. She, you could always say no thanks. But she always said yes. You know, yes with love, yes with faith and, and, and abandonment. And so I see so many, um, yeah, these are just, you know, it goes from little choices that we make during the day. Uh, you know, like should, uh, you, know, um, you know, should I get up a little early this morning to pray? You know, sometimes we want to sleep in. Sometimes we want to hit that snooze button. But if you just get, get out of bed anyway, a little earlier, just to be alone with God, boy, the graces you receive just from that little yes instead of, you know, no, I'd rather go back to sleep. Uh, little things like that. Uh, little sacrifices we make on Fridays. You know, we, we may be craving a burger, but no, I'll settle, I'll settle for a tuna salad sandwich or something like that. I love for God and union with Christ. And then, you know, you, you increase your graces that way. Just little acts of love, little choices we make, um, you know, um, can, 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 can uh, gain for us an abundance of grace. The imitation of Mary, Keys to Growth and Virtue and Grace, is so lovely, Father Tran. The book itself, I mean, just even the cover, it, Sophia Institute has really fashioned a book that is so beautiful, simple, beautiful, but so worthy of its subject. Yes, I'm very, I'm very happy uh, with Sophia. Um, and, you know, what, they, they've done a, a marvelous job um, just putting, putting this, this book together. And I'm, I, I can't be happier. It's probably, and I say this in all reverence and all sincerity of heart, it's probably one of the best self-help books 
course, you're not really self-helping, are you? You're saying yes and allowing God to help you. It's probably the, one of the best things you could allow yourself to be a part of. No, 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 no you're right. In a way, it, it, it is a Catholic spiritual self-help book uh, because God mm-hmm. requires our, our participation, our cooperation. So, of course, God gives us the grace, but we need to do our part. In, in order for that grace to bear fruit. So yes, I, so I know I, 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 um, I think that's a good, that's a good uh, description, uh, characterization, characterization of the book in, in a way. It, it, it is. It's a spiritual uh, self-help book to help people respond uh, to God's grace by imitating Mary so that we, we may have this um, fullness of life. You can speak to that person right now. Father Tran, who may be out there and say, well, I love Jesus and I love the church. I really don't get this Mary thing. Oh, and it always makes me wince when I hear that. When, and I'm sure you've heard it when they say the Mary thing. Right. Because this would be the perfect introduction. This is, would be the one that you'd want to give to someone or maybe you might want to get yourself to begin to enter into that mystery. Um, yeah, unfortunately, there is this, um, some aversion to Mary. I think a lot of it comes from our Protestant brothers and sisters, their, their influence. But I think that's really, you know, that, that's, that, that would be going against, against God's will, right? Like, well, why would God choose Mary to be his mother? Why would God give us his, you know, why would Jesus give us his mother if not for our benefit? You know, he, he said, behold your mother. You know, this is one of the words, his last words to St. John, who represents all of us. Is he's saying, behold your mother. Right? Behold your mother, love her, imitate her, uh, venerate her, uh, appreciate her. And yet, uh, yeah, yet in our world, it's just um, it's so tragic that people, are, they, 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 they think Mary is an obstacle to God. You know, a lot of times they say, well, why, why, why do I need Mary when I can go to Jesus directly? Well, Jesus gave us Mary uh, as a bridge to him, to help us to get closer to him. Um, um, because you know, because he wants us, her to intercede for us, to guide us, help us, you know, and, and we we need all the help we can get, and 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 Mary is a powerful help, um, so she's she's given, you know, a role by God to play in our salvation, so why not take advantage of it? Why, why reject it? Um, so um, yeah, so I think if, if people, would, uh, yeah, I think it's really tragic for Catholics to say, yeah, I don't need Mary, uh, or that Mary thing, um, you know, because there, there's no obstacle. Because the more we venerate Mary, the more we imitate Mary, the more we glorify God and, and do His will, because that's, that's, what he, that, that's why He gave us Mary, to, to be our mother and our model. Yeah, the question sometimes when I've had that, why do I need Mary, I, I can't help but turn it around and just say, okay, will you tell me why God needed Mary? You tell me why God needed Mary, and then we'll have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Because why, why would the Almighty God who creates the universe have to ask for an assent from a young girl? Mm-hmm. Unless that young girl had something very important, a very important role to play. God wanted to include a female, uh, um, a, a woman. In, in his plan of salvation, he knows, we need, he knows we need a mother. He knows we need a female figure. And, uh, you know, Jesus is a man. We, Jesus referred to the, the God, is the, uh, our Father, and so on. And so, he, you know, God made us, so he, he knows what we need and what we don't need. 
And so he knows that we need a mother, a female figure in our life. And I think that's another reason, too, maybe why people are turned off of, uh, with Mary, because maybe they did not have a, a favorable female figure in their life, a mother figure. Maybe they had a bad relationship with their mother. So when that image or that sound uh, of, of mother, you know, that doesn't bring, doesn't bring good, good memories to them, but, but we need to know that Mary is, is beyond any earthly mother. She's the most perfect of all mothers. And this is the kind of mother that, that God wants us to come to know and, and, and to love and, and to, and to, um, to learn from. So, um, so God is our father and, 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 um, and Mary is our, our mother. Um, they're, they're all there to help us. Hail full of grace. He chose her. Of course we should turn towards her, learn from her. This woman is so remarkable, so special. God chose her. I am so blessed to have had the opportunity to read The Imitation of Mary, Keys to Growth and in Virtue and Grace. It, this is such an important spiritual work. I'm this thanks, hats off to Sophia Institute Press again for publishing it, but more so for you to write it. Thank you for your yes in doing that, Father. Thank you, Chris, and I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of this. And I, um, I think, um, and, and I hope people will, will, will read it. And, um, you know, um, I mean, this is how we're going to change um, the church and the world is one person at a time. And so, um, you know, we, we try to change the world, but we need to change ourselves first. And all of us, can, you know, can, can, can increase in, in our holiness. All of us should be striving for holiness. This is a lifelong uh, project. We, we can never be complacent and say we're holy enough. And so, um, and I think this, this, um, this book will help. Yeah, I think one of our, my endorsers said, you know, this book will help um, every Catholic from, you know, your, your average parishioner to a Carmelite nun. <laughs> and and, and, and I, I even received an endorsement from a Carmelite nun, and, and she agreed. She, she really liked it. So I've, I've received endorsements from bishops and priests and laity and, and, every, and, and nuns. And so, um, so I, I really think everybody can, can benefit in, in some way or, or uh, from this book, or be reminded of, uh, of, of you know, what, what is important and, 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 how to, and how to get there. Father Tran, I wish we had more time. Any final thought? Thank you for this opportunity. And, uh, I, you know, Jesus said in, in the book in Senior Yezu that he wants to start a springtime of holiness in the church. And I think this is part of it. Um, uh, you know, I was inspired and and helped by the Holy Spirit to write this book, and I'm, I'm blessed to be a part of it. I'm, I'm you know, I'm just God's instrument, and 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 I, I hope and I pray that, uh, that that people pick up this book and 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 if they like it, to, to give it to others. You know, it's Advent time; Christmas is around the corner, so I think this is a, is a great uh, book as a gift for for any Catholic who 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 wants to grow in their faith. Well, I'm looking forward to reading the other 200 pages. <laughs> this is 300. It could have been 500. Maybe there's a few more books that you can, because uh, the subject that you've chosen to live out here, I think, has many opportunities and many different angles to look at this beautiful facets of this diamond. And so thank you so much, Father Tran. Thank you, Chris. With Father Quantran, we've gone inside the pages of The Imitation of Mary, Keys to Growth in Virtue and Grace. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, go to sophiainstitute.com. 
the website for its publisher, Sophia Institute Press, or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, go to discerninghearts.com or you can find it in the Discerning Hearts free app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we ask you to please tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Inside the Pages, Insights from Today's Most Compelling Authors.